Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. We're going to continue our series on Meant for More, and I'm going to be speaking out of Ephesians briefly. (laughs) Um, I say that, and it'll be like 2 o'clock. Briefly. Yeah. And part of what I'll be sharing out of has to do with spiritual warfare and how we find ourselves on different battlefields in life. And as we celebrate Memorial Day tomorrow, we remember just as a country as well, um, you know, those who have given their lives for the freedoms that, that we enjoy. And I think, um, oh yeah, the Memorial Day water giveaway is tomorrow, and I don't want to be the only one there. Please come and join me. We're going to be passing out bottled water. It's going to be super fun. 9.30, Memorial Day. Not a lot of bottled water. Maybe just like 100 or 150. We can get it done. It's going to be awesome. But I sat down with the mayor last week, and um, we chatted about the Memorial Day parade and also just food pantry stuff in the city of Parma Heights and how we can, as a community, care more for um, our neighborhood. So why don't you join me there? We're going to be meeting at 930 Parma South Presbyterian on the front lawn. There's going to be a big parade, and we'd love to see you there. But it's true in a lot of different areas in our life, we find ourselves on battlefields. And so today I've titled the talk being Meant to Stand Firm, meant to stand firm. And we're going to be in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 15. If you wanted to turn or swipe there with me, that'd be great. And Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says this. He says um, in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not, and I'll add just, is not just against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand... Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So good. So the first thing um, that I wanted to mention as we go through and work through this passage is that every work of God will be resisted or contested. Every work of God will be resisted or contested. If you go to put your hand to something in the kingdom of God, if you go to stand for something, for truth, for peace, for compassion, for love, for anything, it will be resisted and contested by the enemy because the enemy does not want the kingdom of God moving forward in your life in the life of your family, in your co-workers' lives, in the city of Cleveland, the Lord does not, or the enemy, 
however, the enemy does not want the kingdom to be advanced in that place. So he'll do anything and everything to get you distracted from what it is that you carry inside of you and who you are as a follower of Jesus. Every work of God will be resisted or contested because unusual warfare is a sign of unusual favor. We're talking about more than simply a parking ticket or an extra bill or something like that. If you're experiencing unusual hardship in your journey with Jesus, in your journey with your family, in your relationships, with your coworkers, uh, tension in your neighborhoods, if you're uh, experiencing unusual warfare, it's because the enemy knows that there's unusual favor that's resting on your life. There's purpose in you being in that place. We've, we've said that you, we're, we're doing church a little bit differently here at Vineyard Cleveland. Maybe if I'm not stepping on communion things there. Doing a, a little bit different here at Vineyard Cleveland than maybe what some of you are used to. And that's okay. But what we're saying is that you, you carry the kingdom of God with you. Wherever you go. And so, so it's not, Vineyard Cleveland is not based on a cult of personality. It's got nothing to do, oh, thank you very much, Dave. I really appreciate that. Um, it's got nothing to do with who's teaching to you or who's leading you in worship or um, what sort of celebrity status you have in ministry world. This is, this is about the people of God. Together, advancing the kingdom in the city of Cleveland. We're after city transformation. We're not simply after revival. We're after city transformation. And we believe that that comes through everyday, ordinary, mundane things like sitting at your cubicle from Monday through Friday. Or working at your auto mechanic shop. And so if you're experiencing unusual warfare in those places, it's a sign that there's unusual favor that's already resting upon you. Or another way to put it would be like, there's this old man of God who used to say, if you didn't meet the lion in the morning, you're going the wrong way. You're moving in the wrong direction if there was no tension, if there was no conflict, if there was no adversity, if there was no hardship in your life, you're going the wrong way. Think about how if, because the enemy knows, and if you were not the most dangerous person in the room at your workplace for the kingdom of God to advance, he'd leave you alone. If you didn't meet the lion in the morning, you're going the wrong way. Sarah and I have a song that we sing uh, if we've gotten lost in the car. I don't know how that's possible with like Siri and Google Maps and all of this nowadays, but it still happens with me driving. Believe you me, I get lost all the time driving. And the song goes like this. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. If you don't experience hardship in your life, you may be moving in the wrong direction. And you'll see how this plays out. You start to look for adversity and you start to look to adversity as, a, as not as something to run away from, but actually to run towards. 
You start to run towards it because you know, ah, that's where the fruit is. That's where the kingdom's advancing, and I want to be a part of that. I'll actually start to look for adversity as a backdoor to Jesus' presence, not something to run away from. Adversity is an invitation, not an escape hatch. Didn't Paul say in 1 Corinthians 16, because he's writing to the church at Ephesus, actually, he says, because, because a great door for effective work has opened to me, there are many who oppose me. If you're experiencing opposition in your life, perhaps that could be because the Lord is opening a great door for you. There will always be schemes, as Paul says in the verse. There will always be schemes of the enemy. There's no new tricks that he's able to pull, but he'll always bring the same old tricks around uh, that will always surround heaven's dream. So if heaven has a dream, if Jesus has a dream that he wants you to introduce into the culture around you, you can bet that there will be the enemy's plots and schemes standing up against those because every work of God is resisted or contested. The example of this is Jesus in the garden and Moses being born. So the greatest resistance that you'll experience will always surround your inheritance. The greatest resistance that you'll experience will always surround your inheritance. As Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's sweating drops of blood. And he's saying, not my will, but yours be done. The greatest resistance that he's experiencing surrounds his inheritance. In the same way as Moses is being born into the world, in a similar way that Herod plays out hundreds of years later, Pharaoh says, kill all of the Israelite babies, all of the firstborn, kill kill them all. And yet Moses sneaks out down the river in a little basket. In the same way, as Jesus comes into the earth, Herod says, kill every baby under two. The greatest resistance comes surrounding the inheritance Next, warfare is the sign that the enemy decided you have a future. If you're experiencing warfare, it's because the enemy made a decision that you have a future on your life. Meaning the nearness of an enemy is like a forerunner of your destiny. And the enemy always attacks the area he fears most in your life. And in my life, the enemy will always attack the area that he fears most. So this works itself out. If like there's a calling on your life, whether in ministry or in life or whatever, to bring multiplication, you know that on your life rests this thing of multiplication. You're to, you're to bless other people financially. I don't have this gift. But if, <laughs> speaking of financial... But if money just sticks to you like it grows on trees and you know that you're called to give it away and to bless other people, the enemy will attack the area he fears most. So you will experience hardship in the form of finances. 
because he always attacks the area he fears most. Creatives. If you are creative and you have something to say in culture and you feel like there's a calling on your life to release something of creativity and of songs or of poems or of anything of uh, God's creativity into the culture around you, you will be attacked in the area that Satan fears most, isolation. Because Satan knows that if he gets you alone, you won't be able to share that thing with others. and It'll come in the, in the form of lies. You can't trust this group of people. Your stuff is too good. You wouldn't want to share that with other people. Your stuff's not good enough. You don't want to share that with other people, right? He'll get you isolated so, because he knows that the thing that you carry in creativity will spill out and influence the culture around you and usher something of God's kingdom in around you. If you're called to set captives free, if you're called to see those who are, are hooked on heroin or you're called uh, to, to see them free, you, you will be uh, attacked in the area of addiction because the enemy always attacks the area he, feel, he fears the most. Warfare is the sign that the enemy decided you have a future. And because he can't, he can't stop you, he'll just try and get you to give up. That's all he can do. He'll try and distract you. He's so predictable. And he's filled with discouragement. The enemy's just filled with discouragement. And he can only serve, the enemy can only serve to you what's in his heart. So there's no new tricks when it comes to the enemy. He can only give to you. He can only minister to you out of who he is. Who is he? He's, he's discouraged. He's isolated. He was kicked out of heaven. He's excluded. He's helpless. He's hopeless. He's defeated. And so if you are experiencing discouragement in your journey... As you wake up in the morning, it might be a good question to ask, to say, why am I discouraged? Or to say into that discouragement, I am discouraged because, because the enemy is discouraged. The only reason I'm discouraged this morning is because the enemy is, is discouragement. You see what I'm saying? Because a father would never speak that over you. Think about how I would come to Luca, my son, and if he's already feeling discouraged, he's like having a bad day or he got bullied at school or something, and he's like down, like, what am I going to do? Heap more discouragement on him? That's not what fathers do. Fathers come alongside and encourage. Come here. Give him a hug. I give Luca a hug and say, it's going to be all right. You got this, man. You, you got this. You can do this. Jesus lives inside of you. There's this encouragement that a father brings where there's the enemy can only serve out of who he is. In the same way, the father can only serve you out of who he is. And he's all love. He's all peace, all joy, all freedom, all hope. Anything that speaks the language of hope, the language of freedom, the language of love is coming straight from the father's heart. And so if you wake up discouraged tomorrow morning, you can look the enemy in the eye and you can say, 
I know that the only reason I feel discouraged this morning is because you're discouraged. And, and you're not my destiny. You're not who I carry inside of me. I carry Jesus inside of me. So stop messing with me. I know how you end. Discouraged. And that's not how I end. I end hopeful. Don't try to put what, who you are on me. You can say that. Yeah. Sure you can. And you'll get wounds, sure, but don't forget your weapons. I was sitting down with a guy this week, and I thought it was pretty prophetic. You guys know, some of you guys know Rick Michelson. He's like jazz drummer legend in Cleveland. Oh, so good. And we were talking over breakfast, and he had this vision. Some of you guys might know it. He, he, I don't know how old it is or whatever, but I felt like it was uh, something good to share this morning, so I wanted to share it with you. He had this vision, and he's driving down 176 North into the city. Do you know where 176 and 90 come into the city, and you can see the skyline? You're starting to come through Tremont under the bridges, and you're going north. And as he's coming down, it's the middle of the day, and he op- he, he, he's got his eyes open. Of course, he's driving. And he sees, um, I don't think he's really there, but I don't think he's hallucinating either. And he, see, he says that he gets this vision from God, and he sees this big, burly kind of guy on the side of the road, and he's all scraggly and kind of homeless looking, and he's, he's got this big pack on his back, you know? And it, there's all these tools sticking out of it, and he's just disheveled, you know? He's just, like, helpless and defeated. And he's walking down 176, you know, into the city. And Rick asks the Lord, he says, who is that? And he says, that, that, guy's, dis- that guy's discouraged. And, um, and then Rick asks the Lord, what's he, what are those tools in there? And the Lord sa- tells Rick, no, those are weapons. And he's picking them up and he's putting them in his pack. And the more that he puts in his pack, the further like doubled over he's getting. And I just felt like that was a great picture for this talk in warfare that we're picking up. Sometimes in life, we're picking up the weapons that we have no business picking up. We pick up, you know, that have no business being in, the, in Jesus' camp. The weapon of discouragement, and we put it in our pack, and we identify with it. When it's got no, it's got no effectiveness for us whatsoever. All it does is seek to reinforce an identity that doesn't belong to us. And I just felt like that was a little gift from the Lord this week and me hearing that, like the encouragement to not pick up weapons that don't belong to you. When we're dealing in warfare, we, we have the belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shield of faith. These are all the weapons that we've been given to combat the schemes of the enemy. We're not to pick up discouragement. We're not to pick up helplessness. That's not who we are. Take courage. Courage, friend. Courage. He sounds furious. The enemy sounds furious, but he's all bark and no bite. Take courage, friend, if you're going through it right now, if you're getting it from all sides. Take courage, friend. Don't be timid. Walk through it. Keep on walking. Adversity, hardship, warfare. It's a sign that there's unusual favor resting in your life. Your biggest enemy in life is the gateway to your greatest destiny. Your biggest enemy in life is the gateway to your greatest destiny. 
So the Israelites were in slavery for like 400 years. And they're building, building, breaking their backs for the Egyptian empire for 400 years. They're living oppressed by another people, by another power. And the whole time, this is what they're thinking. We're oppressed. This is what they're feeling. They feel oppressed because they were oppressed. We're building someone else's empire. You know, building, the whole idea of building something just so it's squandered that sort of thing. But what happens when Moses comes and delivers the people of Israel out of the Egyptians' hands, out of oppression? All of the things that they've built stay there in Egypt, right? Wrong. All of the spoils go with the favor. So the Israelites, this is why I say your biggest enemy in life is actually the gateway to your greatest destiny. All of that stuff they thought was going to be lost under oppression went with them out of Egypt. And the enemy tries to pursue and get it back with what wasn't even his. Pharaoh, he, he, he follows them through the Red Sea. But the Red Sea swallows them up because your greatest enemy is actually the gateway to your greatest destiny. It's like um, Super Mario Brothers. She you know Super Mario Brothers? Who here knows who the greatest Super Mario Brothers player in this room is? No, it's Sarah Brusco. She's amazing. My wife is probably the most gifted Super Mario Brothers player on the planet. And look, y'all, she, you know, how do you hold like a controller? You hold it like this. <laughs> You hold it like, how do you hold it? Is it like that? Yeah. She holds it thumbs down. And so she's like doing that. I'm like, that's not the way that you hold it. But she kicks my butt every time. If we played, I mean, we haven't played Super Mario Brothers in probably like 10, 15 years, right? But if we broke it out today, she'd be like on level nine in like two minutes and I'd be dead. So spiritual warfare is kind of like Super Mario Brothers, you know, where you like punch up the bricks and then you get like real big and you, you get the mushroom and you get real big. And then um, at the end of the level, who's, who's the guy? Who do you fight? Bowser. Bowser, that's right, yes. And you fight Bowser at the end and Bowser's like bit and the, the music changes. Dun, 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 dun. And you go into it the first time. With Mario, if you're small, like if you don't have that mushroom, like you're toast. Dude, the first time you, if you've never played the game before. I'm talking about if you're not Sarah if, and you're small. And you, and you go to Bowser and he just clobbers you and you're out. You know, he's like spitting fire and stuff. But if you've like got the mushroom and you're big and maybe you've got a little, and this is like the second time you've played Bowser, like you get, what I'm trying to say is that you in Super Mario, <laughs> it's going somewhere, I promise. If, if you um, play it long enough, you like grow in the wisdom that you receive in your heart for Super Mario Brothers and the way that you face <laughs> Bowser, are you tracking with me? Yes. But Bowser never gets any bigger, does he? He never gets any smarter. He never gets any wiser. He's always just Bowser. And so you can, 
you learn as you go along, and it's easy to like defeat him. After a while, if you're Sarah or otherwise, you're just like, done. And then you level up because the warfare all is like the gateway to your greatest destiny. And you level up and you go to the next one, the next level. Am I right? That's what it's like. That analogy is not, it's good, promise. <laughs> little pat on the back there. So his, his strength isn't increasing, but your wisdom is. He's got no new tricks. And finally, you're intimidated where you're anointed. You'll be intimidated where you're anointed. Or another way to put this is that the areas where you are chosen, the enemy will, will want to make you fearful. You, in the places you are chosen, the enemy will seek to bring intimidation into your life. And so what Paul is talking about here in the armor, armor of God is not some crazy supernatural thing. We don't need like 10 more church courses on like how to use the shield of faith, secret insight. No, we don't. We do not need 10 more courses on the armor of God. Because the armor of God is not some crazy supernatural thing. But what the armor of God is, is the character of Jesus. Jesus is truth. Jesus is righteousness. Jesus is peace. Jesus is hope. And Paul's encouragement to the Ephesians and his encouragement to us is to pick up the character of God in us. Not to like search for some secret armor of God that's just going to tangle our mind into even more confusion. He wants to untangle it. The armor of God is the character of Jesus. Put on the character of Jesus. That's who God is. And in the places where in the Psalms we read that you prepare, God says, you prepare a table. Where is it? It's in the presence of our enemies. A lot of us love the table. We're like, yeah, I'm going to be full belly, full hearts tonight. I'm going to banquet this table. I love the table. We just don't like the, the presence of my enemies part. Where is it always hidden? The table of the Lord is always hidden in the presence of our enemies. Ah, so frustrating, God. Why do you do that? Because he, he knows. The, the area of intimidation in your life is always the place where you're chosen. The devil's not up to any new tricks. He's really just not. The area of intimidation in your life is the area that you're chosen. Here's how it works itself in my journey, out in my journey. For those of you who don't know, I was like super addicted to drugs. I was basically living in a crack house for all intents and purposes. All of my friends surrounding me were giving me drugs for free. I never had to pay for any drugs. They were my friends. <laughs> and I stayed with those people because they were my friends. Because that's what friends do, right? No. And then Jesus found me. And he saved me inside. He brought me into relationship with himself. 
Not just going to church. You couldn't get me near a church in those days. But he brought me close to himself and he brought me into relationship with him. The actual person of Jesus came and put before me life and death. And he said, you got to choose tonight. You got to choose. I said, I don't I don't, want to, I don't want to destroy myself. I need you, Jesus. Not like an eye watch, not like an accessory, something you add on to your life. All of my life, God. I don't just want a piece. I want, I want to give you everything. You can have everything. You can have my relationships. You can have all of the codependencies that I deal with. You can have my addiction. I will, I'll commit myself to community. You can have everything, God, because you, Jesus, you gave everything at the cross. And so you can have all of me. And he brought me into relationship with himself. But up until this point in my journey in leadership and following Jesus, I don't think that I've seen God like really use me in the sense of like um, in drug addiction, like not in counseling, not in anything. And as I was, as I've been preparing this series, like it's changing in these days. It's so like him. Ah, and it's so satisfying in my heart to see that the, the area of intimidation is actually the area where I'm chosen. We're chosen. Do you know in the past five weeks or so, we've seen through the lives in Vineyard Cleveland, two months, I'll call it two months, through, through lives in Vineyard Cleveland and those uh, who are connected through extended family, something like five or six overdoses on heroin. Do you know Cuyahoga County is number one in the nation? Not for basketball teams, but for overdoses on heroin and fentanyl. And we believe it's so, it's so crazy. If I could tell you, I went to this luncheon last week. I visited uh, hospital, two hospitals last week and prayed over people who are ex- experiencing overdoses right now, right now. That this, this area of woundedness that was in my life, this area of Im- intimidation will be used as a place of chosenness for our church. We believe, we believe that the individuals, the churches, the nonprofit organization, caring professionals who figure this thing out, who find solution, will lead the city in the next 10 to 15 years. This is the issue of our day in our city. This is it. Why is it? Why is there tension We have an NBA Finals championship team. Business is exploding downtown. Under 35s, 80% of the people who live downtown are under the age of 35. Favor, 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 favor. Yet, number one in heroin overdoses in the nation. What is going on? What's happening there? This is where the church steps in and provides heavenly solutions for earthly problems. We believe that Vineyard Cleveland will lead in the city by serving families affected by heroin, um, individuals caring for individuals. We're saying that Jesus is greater than heroin. You're not hearing this at other churches in Cleveland. I guarantee you this, because most churches aren't aware that this is happening. But it is, and we're saying at Vineyard Cleveland that Jesus is greater than heroin. And we're going to be the people, collect, not pastor doing all the work, mm-mm, 
Because the dream is too big for one person. It's everybody. We all get to play and bring a solution. We do believe. We do believe in a day where there will be zero, not just cutting down, zero heroin overdoses in the city of Cleveland. Not just idealistic. We're saying that. It's going to happen. Amen? Your area of intimidation is the exact area where you're chosen. So if you feel awkward when you come into a room, you start to feel these, everybody does. Picture that room where you feel awkward. Picture that room where you feel uncomfortable. I don't know. Those thoughts come to you. I don't know. Do I really belong here? These people are really important. Or the other way, these people are not very important. What am I doing here? I don't know what to do here. We're learning at Vineyard Cleveland to press into those places. If you're feeling intimidation at the table, or if you're feeling like you don't belong somewhere, chances are that you're chosen to be there. The scarecrow. It's the scarecrow analogy. Do you know know the scarecrow analogy? Scarecrows are only... Scarecrows are only scary for dumb crows. Scarecrows only work on stupid crows. To a dumb crow, a scarecrow is scary. To a smart crow, a scarecrow is an advertisement. This is where the fruit is. These are where the veggies are. This is where the table is. And so for you... In your area of intimidation, I might want to offer you this encouragement. To stand firm. Where you feel uncomfortable, press in. Where you feel awkward, press in. Because God has something there for you. And God's going to work through you to bring life to the city. You stand firm there. You take courage. Courage is never a gift in Scripture, is it? Lord, give me courage. He won't do it. Why? You have to take courage. You get courage. He tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Courageous is never, courage is never given to us. You have to take courage. Always take courage. Don't be timid. Don't back off. That's not arrogance. That's believing who God says you are. That's walking in, that's actually walking in humility. To know the strength that resides in you. That Jesus is, he says, greater is he who lives in you than he that is in the world. That's actually humility, not arrogance. To know who you are and what it is that you carry. Move forward, don't be timid, don't lose heart. He tells Joshua, don't lose heart. Stand firm. 